You are now listening to UCLA Radio Podcasts. Please follow us at all of our social media channels at UCLA Radio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is DJ AVX. Welcome to Sports Speak and UCLA Radio Podcasts. With me today, I have a really awesome guest here. He's one of my oldest friends, one of my best friends in the world, and he's an amateur boxer in the country of Wales. It's Welsh Bahraini. So, Hussain Matar, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey guys, nice to be on the radio. I always listen in, so to get a chance to be on is absolutely awesome. I'm Hussein Mata. Um, just recently become an amateur boxer in Wales. I'm half Bahraini, half Welsh. Um, got a fight coming up soon, so hopefully we can get into it and uh, uh, a lot more than that. But yeah, love being on. Thanks for having me. Of course. So yeah, I've had a lot of guests on, but like this one's a fun one because you and I have been friends for so long. We used we to listen to, to like yeah. radio shows and stuff like that. So finally, for us to be able to do a radio show, it's pretty pretty freaking cool. Honestly, so like, like completely off the topic of sport weather, but that's completely true. Like we used to pretend that we'd have a radio stations or podcasts uh-huh. speak to each other on Skype. So to actually do this now is is really cool. Looking back, <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely fun. So the first question is obviously you you have your amateur boxing fight coming up. How did you get into boxing, living in Bahrain? So, honestly, it doesn't have much to do with Bahrain. I'll be honest, man. The boxing. Oh no, no, of course. I mean, I knew that. I grew up with you there. I'm just asking, like, what was it like? The the boxing scene there is quite quiet. Um, Growing up, I wasn't really kind of influenced into it because my parents always kind of tried to stray me away from that. I was, I was someone who played football my whole life, like or soccer. You know, not to confuse (laughs) anyone. So I played that my whole life growing up. That was my primary sport. I've always loved boxing on the side and. My parents kind of being against it always encouraged me to... Yeah, that ven- well. yeah they, they, ventured, they made me venture into that a little bit more. And also, my uncle in Wales, um, he, he represented Wales and he was a boxer himself. So whenever I got the chance to kind of pick his brain or talk to him about boxing and sport, like he's a huge football slash soccer fan as well, but he, you know, he's a boxer at heart and um, he kind of introduced me to the sport. I'd watch some with him, you know, he'd analyze and it made me realize that, you know, it's not, you're not just throwing windmill punches and trying to knock out your opponent. But for smaller guys or smaller mm-hmm. boxers like myself and my uncle, you know, it's a lot more technical, um, a lot more analysis and use of the brain actually goes into what you're doing. So I actually kind of saw a different side to boxing than just the kind of the confrontational part, I guess. And um, yeah, it was about maybe six years ago I started watching it and probably about four years ago I actually started training like on my own. And mm-hmm. then about... Two years ago, I started taking it seriously, and then this has—it's been about a year and a half of like proper, like full-on training. So sparring, yeah. training like four or five times a week, you know. So um, yeah, the last year and a half has been the, the biggest step for me. All right. So speaking of getting into boxing and watching, before we get into your training itself, I yeah. know who what well, the answer to this is, but who is your favorite boxer or boxers growing up? Growing up, growing up, and it's, again, it's you know you probably see like the best in the world and the most successful. So I'd say Floyd growing up. Because mm-hmm. he was someone that didn't get hit a lot. He had a great swagger and persona yeah, outside the ring. barely gets hit. Yeah, like he doesn't get hit. And it, it's just a swagger and the way he carried himself outside the ring. As in, not carried himself in the kind of like a role model kind of way. But the, uh-huh. just that swagger and like that air of arrogance he had um, attracted me to him. And funny enough, the, the first fight I ever stayed up to watch live was Canelo versus Floyd Mayweather, which was with my uncle. And at that time, in the build-up to that fight, I kind of fell in love with Canelo as well, which was really strange. Right. Yeah, of course. Canelo and Floyd couldn't be two like more different people. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of fell in love with the sport, watching the build-up to that fight. And then I just all I would do is watch kind of the behind-the-scenes and the all-accesses that are on YouTube. And they're a great way to kind of get an mm-hmm. idea of a lot more than just what happens in the ring. But the preparation, you know, there's a lot more to it than people think. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, after watching these guys and actually like training a little bit with your uncle, you said you started training like really about four years ago. And yeah. where was that? If you might, might answer, mind answering. Well, actually, the the so on my own, I, w- I would train on the bag. Like when I first started out, I, I just bought a pair of gloves and I, I would see stuff on YouTube or I'd watch videos of my favorite fighters yeah. and try and replicate it on the bag. And trust me, to no avail because. <laughs> Um, yeah, sorry. I just didn't. I just didn't have the the technical ability to actually perform the moves I was seeing. But uh-huh. um, what I did do was actually I joined the place that you actually joined yourself. Yeah, we were there, but never together actually. In Bahrain, about ten minutes from where we live, uh, uh-huh. Reza, Reza Martial Arts. Um, Shout out to Reza. Fortunate for me at the time, actually, like as you'll know this as well, they didn't actually do pure boxing, and not many. That places- was only Muay Thai. Yeah, and in Bahrain, no one really did pure boxing back then. Obviously, there's places now, but um, yeah, four years ago, we, we you know, more than four years ago now, actually, it must have been five because yeah, I, I came to Wales four years ago. But yeah, we joined Reza Martial Arts. We started my, uh, Muay Thai, um, and I think we both enjoyed it. I mean, for you, yeah, it was kind of, for sure, it was fun. <laughs> for you, it was the start of get, getting you in some sort of uh, physical shape. <laughs> no, I was round back then, so... <laughs> But I mean, yeah, it, it was fun. It was different. You know, we were learning a lot. But what I, what I did pick up from that was actually how different the sports are and, you know, our stances, um, the preparation, the, the combinations we throw and the types of things that would work in Muay Thai um, definitely don't. Well, not definitely, but more often than not, don't really work in. They don't really work in boxing. You yeah, traditional pure boxing. I mean, yeah, you can gain the speed and the explosiveness and the timing, but I think the pure boxing, like your stance is different, the, the angles you're going to throw out are different, the way you're moving is different. So, yeah, I learned a bit from there and it was good to kind of just get started in a way, but that wasn't really what I was interested in. It wasn't really what I wanted to do. So I think coming to Wales, it gave me that opportunity to seek out like different boxing gyms and try it here and there and then finally kind of narrow down to like where I am now. Yeah, so you moved to Wales, as you said, at the beginning yeah. of year 10. So that was around four years ago for us or four, four yeah. or five years ago. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, when you got to Wales, did you know immediately, like, I want to continue with some sort of martial arts? And, uh, yeah, how did you get into that? Yeah, so basically when I came to Wales, I kind of stopped playing football or soccer so much. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a point in my life where I was like, yeah, you know, I want to learn a new skill. I want to master a new skill. I know how good I am. I know kind of my ceiling for for football in a way. And, yeah, I I love it and it's great. And, you know, I'm not half bad, you know, compared compared to some people, I'm probably terrible compared to others. I bet others, yeah. Probably the great, but um, yeah, um, I kind of want to learn a new skill, and boxing was that what I wanted to channel like my efforts into. You know, mm-hmm. I was someone who always liked to keep fit. You know, go for runs, go to the gym, but then at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't take a genius to do that. So I wanted to learn a new skill, add right. something, add something new to my repertoire, and like that was it. And um, yeah, I was pretty determined to just get somewhere in it, and we're here now. So fast forward two years and. We're, we're almost there. <laughs> yeah, it's actually not a long time that you've come and like done your first amateur or you're going to do your first amateur yeah. fight. You train at the same gym that you started with? Um, basically, so I went I went to this gym called UF, UFFC Gym, which I mean, okay. I mean it's, it's slight rip off of the UFC Gym, but it's, it's, it's the ultimate. Wait, wait, what's the, wait, what does UFFC stand for? I need it's to know. Ultimate like fitness fighting center or something. So oh, brilliant. Yeah, it's it, it, yeah, it's it's in it's not it's not in the best place in Wales. I'll, I'll tell you that yeah. it's a bit shady, like the neighborhood it's in. But um, but you know what? It does the job and it's a great gym. You know, um, uh-huh. it has everything, it has everything I need, the training partners I need, and um, in the university, you know, um, where I'm part of the boxing club and the boxing committee, we actually yeah, like we actually rent out that space. Oh, which universities? Um, uh, Cardiff University, sorry, yeah, my okay. Cardiff University in South Wales, and um, yeah, so we rent out that space for our boxes and for our training, and um, right, and then once I joined uni, 
like I used to go to that gym anyway a couple of times, but then once I joined uni and I realized that, you know, we're also running out that space and that trainings were at certain times and I'll just benefit by kind of being disciplined and sticking to a, to a, like a timeline. So it was a good continuation, basically. Yeah, it was, it was sort of, it was a smooth kind of transition into like, okay, now I'm at uni and this is available to me. Um, it's accessible, you know, good coaches that I trust as well. Cause the uni coaches, they're different to the coaches actually at the center and my uni coaches, um, like the two brothers actually jimmy sadnam and shane sadnam yeah for sure um, shout out whoever you want yeah like yeah jimmy sadnam jay Sa- uh, uh, shane Sa- sorry jimmy and shane sadnam who are absolutely absolute legends honestly like mm-hmm. because some some coaches want to train you hard some coaches want to train you till you want to throw up and you just hit the bag until you can't hit it any longer or that you know yeah. they want to be stronger faster but these two coaches despite like also doing all of that trust me like they do push us to our limits but they also spend a lot of time focusing on our on our mental strength you know making sure we're ready to get in the ring um dealing with different obstacles like mentally because it's not all it's not all a physical game you know i've seen uh teammates of mine go in the ring and actually be phenomenal fighters and sparring phenomenal boxers and they go in the ring and they just don't have it to perform in that situation because it you can do it as many times as you want in sparring but i think that first time which it's going to be for me. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. I don't, <laughs> don't want to speak too soon, but I'm, I'm feeling confident that, you know, whatever happens, whatever the result, I'm confident that, you know, I'm going to put my training into practice. So my two coaches, you know, they really work hard on making sure we're mentally and physically ready, which I think is, is unique at this level because a lot of coaches don't put in that time and effort, but, you know, I have a lot of trust and faith in them. So I'm hoping that I'm going to do well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that happens in a lot of sports where there's some guys who are just killers in the gym or like in the nets or at training. But when it yeah. comes to actual like game time situations, you know, you, they don't, you don't see them performing. Absolutely. How do you, you avoid that? Going into your first fight, apart from just the, the you know, the mental training, what, what do you do in your own mind to just make yourself ready to do it for I, real? Honestly, like um, I speak to one of my coaches, Shane, about this all the time. And what we say is, you know, we want to visualize things happening and not always just the good things. You know, when we visualize things happening, you put especially and this is when I'm shadow boxing so any boxers out there they'll know when you're shadow boxing mm-hmm. sometimes you see people just throwing like really quick combinations and like throwing power punches while they're shadow boxing which is a bit I find it a bit strange because it's actually you know you're meant to be calm cool catch your breath just get in the rhythm like create that muscle memory that you need to perform so when I'm doing that I, I don't just you know punch the air or you know move for no reason I'm constantly thinking of like a situation I'm thinking of an opponent I'm thinking right. of someone in me i'm thinking not just how i attack i'm thinking how they attack i'm thinking how i defend and not just when i defend but how i respond after that you know so it's just thinking of like the little details you know every step um because then i know that if i do think about all of that and I, I prepare the way that i know i have whatever happens you know i've given it everything i've thought about everything you know no stone has been left unturned and um yeah i just i've worked hard and we'll see what happens you know i never know because i'm sure my opponents work just as hard as me Mm. not hard because you know I, I work my ass off but you know we'll, we'll see yeah, what everyone everyone comes into there thinking they're the hardest worker in the room right absolutely i mean absolutely if you if you if you didn't think that then it's not the sport for you because what are you doing man like if, if trust me <laughs> if you're about to get in the ring and you know someone's going to be swinging at your chin i think yeah. you want to make sure that you're 100 percent prepared you don't want to be getting in half-heartedly trust me because i'll just end badly <laughs> Okay, so when you're getting into the fight there, um, what are the parts of the physical training that you feel you're most ready in? What do you think your strengths are? I think my strength and my fitness, you know, I, I, think my okay. coach says, I think my coach says it to me a lot. I think especially with university students, you know, um, 
at this level of amateur boxing, like you have to remember, this is you know my first amateur fight. This is going to be my opponent's first amateur fight. And in my head, like, and in in my coach's you know perception of things, my fitness is what is what's going to win this fight. You know, I've always stayed fit. I eat well. You know, I eat clean. I take it very seriously. You know, I don't take this for granted that it's just an amateur fight. I take this very seriously because I I really want to win. That's that's right. all I want to do. You know, like. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But my mind is set on just winning. So I've done everything. And I have to use my explosive power because I'm explosive, you know, for my size and for the weight class. I feel that I'm strong. I'm powerful for my size. I'm really quick. And I'm, as I said, you know, in my head, I'm really fit. So I just have to use those things to my advantage. And I'm sure I will. And uh, hopefully that can uh, that can be enough to, to get me the victory. Wait, what's your weight class again? So at the moment, so because I, I, I always get confused between... Um, you know, I hear a lot of you, a lot of you talk about UFC and boxing, but uh-huh. um, at the moment I'll be fighting in about 135 pounds, right? Um, which is about, um, I think I don't, I don't know whether you use it in the US, but over here we got, we, in, especially in amateur, we use like kgs. So I'm going to be fighting at 64 kg. Uh, sorry, 60. Okay, yeah, kg. I'm going to fight. KG? Yeah, 60 kg, which is 132 pounds actually, to be exact. Uh huh. Yeah. So 132 pounds, and I believe that is in some some it's classified as lightweight. In the UFC, uh, that would be a bantamweight. Exactly. That that's the that's the confusing part because bantamweight um, in boxing is actually 52 kilos. Right. And then, and then which is about 115 pounds, mm-hmm. and then you'd have 123 pounds, which is 56 kilos, which is lightweight, and okay. then you have 132 pounds, which is 60 kilos, um, which obviously is um, that's that's light welterweight. Okay. Yeah, so it's a little bit of a confusing system, but at least uh, so Honestly, essentially sixty kg. If, if I'm being honest, like it, it confuses the hell out of me, like especially and then there's and then there's like discrepancies between amateur and professional like uh, weight uh-huh. classes. So you know it varies it varies a lot. Um, I'm actually just getting it up here, and what I can see is that fifty six to sixty kilos in amateur is lightweight. Right. So I, it, lightweight. Okay. Yeah, yeah, technically I'm a lightweight. Okay, that makes sense. And if you anyone out there listening is a UFC fan, and the reference is. Around 135 pounds, which would be bantamweight in the UFC, yeah. essentially. Yeah, it'd be bantamweight. Yeah, I'd kick TJ's ass. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day, what? One, one day, that would be a that would be a fun fight. It's, it's not like he could get in the octagon because you know he's yeah, uh... not right now. Not right now. <laughs> not right now. Tell me about that, actually. Do you have to do drug testing and stuff like that? Um, so I don't actually have to do drug testing. I mean, you it can it can happen that you might have to. Uh, yeah. I I will. So interestingly enough, I have a medical scheduled for 12 p.m. on Monday. Uh, my right. fight. My fight, since we haven't mentioned, actually is April 10th, which is next Wednesday, um, mm. and it's about two in the afternoon. But yeah, my medical is uh, on Monday, so they just te- test your knee-jerk reactions, you know, test your joints, um, make sure everything's okay, you know, test your eyes, your coordination, your balance, um, and just kind of they just sign you off to make sure you know, just make sure everything's is right before you uh, get in the ring. Okay, well, you said your fight's two in the afternoon on Wednesday, the 10th of April. Yeah, so that's when the card actually starts, and I think okay. there'll be about. Four or five fights, and actually, interestingly enough, it's actually part of the Varsity Week. So mm-hmm. these fights, despite them individually, for me, it's just an indi- in my head, it's an individual fight, and that's like I'm approaching it if it was just a random date. But it happens to be on Varsity, which is Cardiff University versus Swansea University. So in South Wales, you know, it's, it's such a big rivalry, and mm-hmm. um, for the last few years, we haven't been able to win the Varsity Shield, especially in boxing. So okay. this, we have a good chance if we can win the majority of our fights in varsity and me being one of them and we, uh-huh. can, get, and we can get that shield back, you know, I'll be really proud. Okay, so the card starts at 2 p.m. GMT. Do you know around what time you'll be fighting? 
just for people in Bahrain um, or Wales who might want to watch? Uh, if I'm being honest, you know, the schedule's not out yet. You know, you find okay. out with amateur boxing, you know, you, you find out on the day. The weigh-ins are literally an hour before at 1 p.m. And um, I think we go from there and then they let us know what, what's happening. So literally, it'll be from between 2 to maybe 3.30 p.m. Uh, in the UK. All right. So cool. So for people who maybe are listening from Bahrain or Wales and know Hussein and I, then make sure you <laughs> check it out on uh, April 10th. The Wednesday at uh, 2 p.m. GMT, and let's see how you fare in the card. Can you tell us anything about your uh, opponent? Honestly, no. Um, I, I don't know anything about, about my opponent, apart from the fact he's heavier than me. So he's, okay. actually, uh, he's actually cutting. All I know is he's cutting to make weight at 60 kilos. Um, and, and you're just you're about 60, aren't you? And I, I'm actually, I've been trying to put on weight. I'm not going to lie, man. I've been light lately because the thing is, with all the rigorous training, it's it's hard to keep on weight and it's hard yeah, to, for sure. it's hard to eat as much as I need, especially the type of food I need. So that's another uh-huh. thing, you know, like you, you see people, especially at this level, again, I say that when I, when I say I take this seriously, I really do. People at this level, you know, maybe they need to gain weight, so they're just going to eat shit, put on easy, <laughs> you know, easy, easy calories. But I've been eating clean, I've been eating good and been trying to put on weight, so... I'm there now. I'm about fifty nine point eight, you know, fifty nine. Okay, yeah. So, so I'm just, I'm just under, <laughs> but should be ready to go on uh, Wait, fight. I remember, okay, back in Bahrain when we were like what thirteen, fourteen. Your favorite drink, I think, since I met you, has always been Mirinda Citrus. When was the last time you had Mirinda Citrus? Um, it's been like it's well, it's been three years since I had a soft drink. Okay, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So, citrus. I honestly don't know. Probably like three and a half years, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for people like who maybe have trouble with like letting go of certain foods and stuff, like this guy didn't used to drink water. He'd only yeah, drink Mirinda Citrus. That's, that's that's so true. I used to drink this soft drink. It's almost like the equivalent of Mountain Dew, you know? Yeah, basically. Um, I used to drink like three a day, easy three, four a day, like no water, <laughs> like genuinely, like all the time. Like so. we'd have dinner at my house and he'd be like, oh, do you want some water to drink? He'd be like, no, get me a Mirinda Citrus. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> that would be, like, be right after like playing football in the heat or something. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's like, and that's how I refreshed myself, but no, I, <laughs> things have changed. So yeah, if you want to get something, you know, out of your diet, then you can have the willpower to do it if this guy did it. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. Like, I mean, that was just the one small step, but in the last uh-huh. in the last year or so, you know, my, my diet's been impeccable. You know, if For I say sure. so myself, I don't want to come off like arrogant, but, you know, I've been, I've been taking care of my food and what I put in my body because I know with how hard I train, you know, I can't afford to take it for granted. So I just make sure I take care of myself. I mean, it makes sense. And that's what you need to do to try and at least get to that level of like being an elite athlete, whether you get there or not, you know, it's all up to you to put in the hard work, but at least you're taking those steps. Absolutely. In my head, you know, when, when they say the word athlete, like, okay, I'm, I'm not an athlete by any means, but in my head, when I think about it, I could say I'm an amateur athlete, you know, I'm an athlete at this level. Because mm-hmm. in comparison to the competition, you know, the measure and the measures and things I put in place to make sure I'm at the point that I need to be. I think for me is a is a high level, you know. I, I take I take nothing for granted, and I make sure my food is good. I need to work on my sleep a bit. My sleep my <laughs> my sleep's lacking a bit, but you know if I can get that in check, then I'm good to go. Yeah, and and the hard work is there, so you know um, everything's coming together nicely. Yeah. So in the in the US, what we have here is like you know college athletics is really big. Um, yeah. but what you're doing there, it's not. Is it like? Would you think it's like the NCAA, or is it more like a club sport? What you're doing, no. considering how much time you put into it. I'll be honest, man. Like it's it's hard to compare because the the U.S. college scene is huge. It's it's, it's yeah. huge, you know. And I know that you know I, I've seen some games, you know, with the basketball especially that I follow. Um, recently, you know, the March Madness. I mean, you see, like it's insane. Uh-huh. The crowds you get are phenomenal. Like you don't get that here. Um, all I know is that Varsity Week is huge here. You know, when 
all across the UK, you'll have varsity. So all the close universities um, squaring off against each other in all sports. And, and it's a huge, huge event, you know, um, all sports from hockey, football, rugby, like right. basketball, boxing even. So that's big. And the crowds are big and they're going to be really up for it. They're probably going to be really drunk by the time it gets <laughs> to like midday. Yeah, that's one of the differences, I guess, with the, with the UK. Yeah, they start early. So uh, they're going to be singing loud and proud and hopefully... Uh, more Cardiff fans than Swansea fans. And it's in Cardiff this year, so that's, that's great. Good. Yeah, we're at home. So, But yeah, I mean, in comparison to the college level, I say it's not quite at the college level in the US. What I do know is that in the US, you don't actually have boxing. in. in nah, there's no NCAA boxing. Yeah, so there's no boxing, which is which is a shame because I think the level would be phenomenally high. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not sure why it hasn't happened yet. I'm sure there's some technicalities or rules. Yeah, just one of those weird things. I guess they, maybe they don't want to do like combat sports. They have wrestling, but I guess that's not like high impact you know the college wrestling is, is at a phenomenal level and yeah you know, the, the way they cut weight and, and the way they train is just super crazy, and I, yeah. I think the facilities you have and the dedication to sports in the u.s i think it's a lot stronger than in in the uk which some people right. might be surprised to hear um others not but yeah it, it's not as big in the university scene i think in the uk if you're going to make it big as an athlete you're probably not going to be at uni if i'm being honest at this age yeah i mean like yeah, Look at the football players who go, they usually start, you know, straight out of GCSEs and A-level, straight out of, like, high school. Exactly. Like, I think that's the difference with the U.S., with the big sports. They're, like, you have to go to college or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, the system. Whereas here, you have 16-year-olds playing at the highest football level. You know, you have athletes turning pro at, like, 18. So, it's it's very different. So, I'd say the uni level here is not where it is in the U.S., but all I know is, you know, you still work as hard. You still have to go to school and do all your academics first. I mean, 100%, like my, my university, my degree and my academics is my main priority. And just, you know, this is on top of it. And I do a lot of other things, you know, in university, not just not just sports, but a lot of um, things that actually help university itself, different committees, different different societies. But, yeah, my sports, my passion and, you know, I love it. And that's why I put a lot of hard work and time into it. But, yeah, it comes on top of the, the priorities um, like university itself and the academic side of things. My parents, luckily for me, are paying good money for. So that's the priority. What are you getting your degree in? Uh, economics. So okay, uh, solid. Same here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're struggling through the same stuff. <laughs> struggling with the same stuff, indeed, man. Like that—that's—that—that's uh -huh. that, the real—that's the real struggle. Um, yeah. <laughs> not, not the boxing gym. That's the real. Yeah, the boxing part's fun. <laughs> that's where I need the help, I think. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I'm putting the work in there, and and as I said, I'm part of uh, multiple societies and committees. Yeah. You know, and I have various roles in the university, um, but yeah, boxing, you know, is has become my like my one love in the in the past year or so. And I put no, a I lot. I know what you mean. For me, it's radio here, so it's the same sort I, of thing. Like I've seen, I've seen your evolution in radio from where you started to, to where you are now. You know, that's how I feel about my boxing. It's I appreciate just... it. No, no, same way to to you. You're, yeah. I mean, I remember me and you were just training for fun, like back yeah. in Christmas after like our first uh, year uni or the first yeah. semester. Yeah. And now you're about to actually have a fight. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, at that, at that stage, you know, I'm nowhere, like I'm, I'm way, way ahead to, to where I was then. Um, no, for I think... sure. Because I remember uh, we trained this past summer and the summer before. The yeah. summer before, I could actually get some hits on you. Me oh, being yeah. just my stupid Muay Thai, Muay Thai training of like yeah. half, a, half a year, a year or so. Absolutely. And then with you, after a whole year after, like I could barely touch you and your cardio was way better. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the confidence as well. I think once you get that like ring confidence and knowing how to defend yourself and, and being confident in your range as well, that's something I've improved so much over the years, like not wasting energy. So when you're mm -hmm. throwing punches, I know when they're going to hit me or when they're not. And when they right. are going to hit me, 
my gloves are up and I'm absorbing them on the gloves and I'm applying straight away and that's sending you back. You know, you don't want to get in my space. Whereas mm-hmm. before, you know, every time you'd kind of faint or you, you kind of throw a punch, I was jumping back, you know, I was taking steps back, it was, it was wasting energy and I was actually right. losing the ground, the ground that I had previously gained. So I think my experience, like my ring experience and my footwork and timing and range, that has come on leaps and bounds from where I was a year ago. And that's what's put me in this position for my coach to think that I'm actually ready to compete, you know. So, um, that's yeah, that's, that's where we're at now. All right, we'll finish off with some boxing later. But quickly, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, football or soccer and <laughs> yeah, United. Absolutely. So... <laughs> The thing is, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was just recently named the permanent manager of United. I've been asking all my friends who are United fans this. What do you think about Ole's appointment? Manchester United. Make sure you say Manchester United. Manchester United. <laughs> not, not Newcastle United. <laughs> <laughs> or Leeds United or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Minnesota no, United. Look, obviously, min- like everyone, everyone thought it was the obvious choice. When I say everyone, you know, from what I've seen, what I've read, everyone thought that, you know, him being given the contract was the obvious choice. And I saw a lot of fans saying, you know, Every, when we when we were on a good run of form, they were saying, you know, just give him the contract, sign him right. up. What wait? What are we waiting for? Personally, I'm one of the fans who felt that we should have waited to the end of the season, seen right. how we've done, see where we finished, what's happened, where the squad's at, um, see if there's any commitment or potential signings, see what the board's going to do. I think we should have seen how things played out to the end of the season, okay. then given him his reward. Yes, he did a brilliant job. Yes, he had a fantastic run of form, but if we didn't like, if you take the last five games as a sample, you know, uh, for example, we haven't done very well. You know, we've lost. Hasn't been perfect. We ha- we've lost a game against Arsenal. We've lost two lost against two Wolves. against Wolves. Yeah, we out out of the FA Cup, lost the game against Wolves. So I mean, no, it's it's it's, it's by no means perfect. If you, if you take the sample size of of the last five games, but sure, you know, if you look before that, and he was on a fantastic run. Yeah, big run. Absolutely, you know, we we be and and people say, oh, there's small teams, and yeah, of course there's small teams, but you have to you play. Yeah, you you play who's in front of you. We beat PSG. I mean, I'm not going to deny it. It was, it was, it was extremely scrappy. Not, but also, not... you guys had 10 men down, so I have to give credit where credit's like, due there. Like, like, it wasn't the best performance, uh, I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, we beat we beat Arsenal in the FA Cup. We beat Chelsea in, in the FA Cup. Uh, we beat Tottenham in the league, you know, and, and we closed the gap where people thought we are so far out of the top four. And now we're in the mix. Okay, you know, we, we threw it away slightly this weekend with another loss to Wolves. But at the end of the day, he's got us back in contention. With the Which big is where boys. you want to be. Yeah, with the big boys. And, you know, we'll see what he does from the start of the season, you know. Um, I'm happy he's got the job. Like, there's a part of me that felt I kind of wanted him to do well until the end of the season and kind of just say, you know, thank you for giving me the opportunity. I, I'm happy to kind of have seen you out to the end of the season. But I think, uh-huh. you know, I'll step back and, you know, we'll see if, if there's another manager on the scene. But he knows the club so well. You know, he's he played for us for years. At least give him a try. I guess, guess is what you're saying. It's like, he's definitely, what I'll say is he's earned it. Like, he's earned the opportunity. I mean, yeah, that's true. But my thing is, is have they given it to him because no one else, they, they, they found out no one else is going to be available? Or are they giving it to him because they really do believe in him? And I hope, I hope it's the latter. I really hope it's the latter. Well, yeah, I guess only time will tell. What do you think of United's chances against Barcelona in the Champions League? We're going to win. We're going to win. You heard it here I mean, first. You, you and Hisham, our other friend who's a United fan, have been saying that since the beginning. So I commend you for your consistency. But do you, do you I'm gonna honestly... Honest, right? I'm going to be honest. In football, and I genuinely mean this, anything can happen. And and before the PSG games, I genuinely dead honest, no one thought we had a chance. And myself and, and, and Hisham, you know, uh, the individual you just mentioned, uh-huh. we, we said, I mean, some of us, some people might have thought we were joking. I genuinely, like, I looked at PSG and I thought, 
You could beat them. Like, they just haven't got like they're beatable. Yeah, they're great. They they're like the they're like the glow trotters. Like they're, <laughs> they're, they're fancy but no substance. Would I pay them to like play a charity game? Absolutely. You know, <laughs> I'd love to see them play a charity game. But am I gonna put money on them winning a trophy? Uh, as in like a legitimate trophy outside of the farmers league in France? Yeah, I mean, it's it's much harder when you're playing in the farmers league like France. Absolutely not. I'm not gonna put my money on them. So I knew we were gonna win. Fair enough. Look, at the end of the day, you know, jokes aside, Barcelona is a different story. You know, they're a different animal. They've got a one of, I won't say the best, I say one of the best players in the world, you know, arguably the best. Um, they haven't got Cristiano, which is, a, which is an advantage for us, but they have got Messi, who's, you know, he's unbelievable. And if he's playing, which I'm, I'm, I'm sure he will be, um, it's going to be a very. I, I don't see why he wouldn't be. It's going to be a very difficult night, regardless. But you know what? I always have faith in my boys. And okay. Two one-off games. That's all it is. You know, two one-off games. We'll see what happens. You know, I'm, I have faith in my boys, and I think uh, right. I think it's our year. <laughs> I mean, it would be something if United came through, had a Listen, basically just, half a terrible season with Mourinho, and then only takes them to a Champions League. Don't slander Mourinho, okay? And and you you should know I'm in the Jose in. Camp. By the way, by the I, way, trust you'll see later this week. I am not slandering Mourinho. I was never once slandering Mourinho. <laughs> I love that guy, man. I know a lot of people don't really like him, but I love that guy. But no, look, I'll be honest. Yeah, it's all he's going to social has taken over. It's been 20 years since the treble season in 99, where he scored the winning goal in the last few seconds of the game at the new camp, which is which is Barcelona Stadium. That's so if, if you want me to believe in fairy tales, this is one of them. And I'm going to have faith in my boys. Fair enough. Wait, yep. I, I want to pitch something to you. Speaking of Mourinho. Yeah. So... What, I don't know if you've been following, I don't know, you probably haven't, but UCLA men's soccer is actually looking for a new coach as well. Okay. And right now, Mourinho is out of a job. And let me pitch this to you. Okay. Mourinho, since 2004, has been coming to UCLA to train. He's come with Porto, Inter, Madrid, and United. That's true, he has, yeah. He, he, he really said, like, yeah, he's, he's continuously mentioned how good yeah. the facilities he are. Loves how, this campus. how welcome he is. Yeah, he, is, he, he absolutely does, yeah. That's true. Now, I know UCLA have the money to dish out for a big contract. Maybe not the same as, you know, a contract you'd be getting at, you know, Madrid or United, but... I, I can kind of see where you're going with this, and I hope, I hope so, you're not going there. <laughs> look, Mourinho's the kind of guy to just toss everything out of the water, just be the most rogue guy in the world, and come, to, you know, somewhere, somewhere random. Do you think, what are the chances Mourinho ends up at UCLA, a school he loves so dearly? Listen, I'm, for, the, for the sake of this podcast i'm gonna entertain <laughs> i'm gonna entertain this idea okay yeah, on a serious note no chance because <laughs> and i say i say that because not because of the things you mentioned but he's a serial competitor and he's a serial yeah. winner and he wants yeah, he to, wants more champions league he wants to be with the elite and he wants to be competing against the elite and unfortunately obviously um i'm sorry to anyone over <laughs> there but i don't think ucla is quite the elite but, I mean, um, it's a very good soccer program, one of the best, but not Champions League. Let's I've seen you retweet a couple of their results. I mean, the, the women certainly look good and they look like they're performing well. Oh, our, our women's team is the, is the best in the country. I think yeah. our men's team has a little bit of work to do. They have a little bit of work to do, but I think, you know, it's all a process. But the, the women's team, yeah. you know, my God, you know, the results I've been seeing that, that you've been sharing, um, they look like they're doing really well. Yeah. So yeah, def- definitely. But either way, we'll 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 come back to that. Probably Mourinho's not going to come here, but um, I'm never going to hold that hope. Like you said, have faith. <laughs> it's a no from Mourinho to UCLA. That's that's my answer. Yeah, yeah, let, yeah. Probably, special one's not coming here anytime soon. I don't think so. I think he'll be the retired one before he does that. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair, very, very, very true. A little bit more about uh, UCLA sports. I know your favorite basketball player is the one and only Russell Westbrook. One and only Russell Westbrook. I love that guy, man. You know how yeah. much. I love him. How did you become a Westbrook fan? 
This is going to sound crazy, man. Um, I used to have a friend that actually introduced me to the 2K games. But then I continued playing the games and I really loved them. But then I didn't quite actually understand the game properly. And then slowly basketball started to grow. And around there was the season where the Golden State Warriors won their their, their first title. Uh-huh. Um, that was history, like yeah. a, a couple of years ago. Like how old were we? So, probably so, year nine or something. So it must have been about four years ago because they won two back-to-back. Cleveland won before that. And then it was mm-hmm. the one before Cleveland won. And I remember LeBron James having a ridiculous um, series against them. Obviously, he came up short. I think they lost 4-2. Uh-huh. Um, but I remember for some reason, there was a lot of hype around that series, especially in school. Like everyone was following it. And then from that season onwards, I would kind of, want to watch some clips but then russell westbrook was just a guy that and i think everyone knows this he just plays hard um mm-hmm. night in night out like he doesn't stop he always plays hard i mean yeah just the other day 2020 i mean yeah that's just an example i mean he, he he's shooting bricks at the moment unfortunately but <laughs> uh, but he plays hard he never cheats the fans he always gives 100 percent. and it's something like i loved his attitude i love his like never say die kind of not care i love his like mm-hmm. his, his hashtag his slogan you know why not i really embrace yeah. it's like if you want to do something why not i always used to think oh, i probably shouldn't do that or what's this person gonna think or, what's that person why not, gonna why not? Think? like i like adopted his attitude you know like why not you want to do that do it you know put the work in and do it you know don't make excuses. you know what he built that attitude yeah like don't make excuses just just get up and do it you know so yeah i love his attitude i mean sometimes it can cross the line slightly but do you know what he built that attitude um yeah, I mean, he. I know he built it at UCLA, man. Like, exactly. I, I, I know, I, I know, I know the boy's history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I love the guy. Honestly, I just, I just love the way he plays. The other night was awesome. You know, history, uh, history maker. The other night, obviously, Do the you second. Think OKC have a shot to uh, win the the league and the if, championship. If you, if you asked me this mid-season, I honestly would have said yes because Paul George was absolutely on fire. You know, MVP right. candidate. Russell Westbrook was facilitating as well as he's ever like ever done. Um, mm-hmm. but right now Paul George has kind of cooled off a bit you know he's had some problems with his shoulders that I've seen yeah. you know as, as I said me catching NBA games is, is difficult here because of the timing but I, I uh-huh. actually subscribe to OKC individually on the NBA website because you can actually pick okay, like, yeah. to watch. so I'll try and watch as many games of, of, of theirs as I can um, but yeah Paul George he's not been the same lately because he hasn't been able to play as hard as he could have I'm hoping that come playoff season Maybe that changes, but Russell Westbrook, man, he's got to fix. He's got to fix that three-point shot. He's either gonna have to start shooting less of them or making more of them. Um, <laughs> or and also, not to mention, he's, he's his season like like it's his career low in free throw shooting as well. And for someone like him who drives to the basket constantly, yes, yeah, so he has some work to do to become like the elite of the elite. Yeah, he he's changed his game. Like he he has changed his game, and yet the team. Has had it's been really good all season. I mean, it's just the last 10 games, I think they're seven and three. You know, they haven't had a great, great run. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't actually know the record specifically, it's just off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the other night it was just an example of like he willed that to happen. Like he wanted it, he said he was going to do it, he did it. And we need that fire come playoff. And 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 I'll be honest, they just have to avoid the Golden State Warriors in, in the first round. And you know, anything can happen. So Anything can happen. Yeah, no, I mean, every team is, is going to want to avoid Golden State as long as possible. Um, but OKC, if they're firing on all cylinders, they have a chance to be that team that kind of gets on everyone's nerves and just, they're going to be Very difficult true. to play. I'll say that. They're going to be difficult to play. All right. So, yeah, good talk with you today. Before we finish, do you yeah. have anything to, I mean, your fight is on April 10th, like we said, on the Wednesday, 2 yeah, p.m. Is. UK time. Yeah. Do you have anything to say, any shout outs you want to give to people in Wales? Do you know what, man? Um, 
no particular shout outs, but all I'll say is, you know, I'm ready for this. Um, I think you gave me a shout out a couple of weeks ago, almost a month ago. You know, I was meant to have a fight on March 5th on a home show that didn't work out. My opponent pulled out, you know, a couple of days before, which is devastating. Right. I kind of took a week off after that and I, I didn't know, you know, where I was at. And then this opportunity came up and I've just, you know, gone, you know, head first and just attack this with everything I have. You know, I've worked hard right. and I'm here. I feel ready. Um, like as ready as I'm ever going to be. So this is the time for okay. me. You know, April 10th, I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to win. I want to shout out my, my coaches again, uh, Jimmy and Shane Sadnam, um, mm-hmm. the, the best coaches, you know, you, you could ask for, um, sparring partners, training partners, Lewis Tran, Benjamin Tram, um, Matthew, um, j- yeah, just all, all my training partners. They've helped uh-huh. me get to where I'm at now. They've helped me get comfortable in the ring. Um, and develop to the to the box where I am today. So yeah, shout out to them. Uh, yeah, and hopefully uh, Cardiff Uni bring that varsity shield home, and hopefully I'm a part of that. All right, any one you want to shout out from Bahrain? From Bahrain, I mean, my parents are flying over to the UK. They're gonna be here when I fight. But, oh no way, that's that's yeah, dope. Uh, so I would have would have shouted them out. Um, but yeah, most of my friends are in the UK. Even those who who are from Bahrain, as you know, they're in the UK or the US. Most of your friends are in the UK. What are you uh, talking? Most of my friends, as in, like, um, you're saying, who would I shout out? Most of my friends are in the UK and the US. If you let uh-huh. me finish, there we go. Let me finish speaking, you know, yourself. Oh, I'm not going to shout you out, but thanks for having yeah, me. That'd be stupid. Well, Abdullah Janahi, man, boys at Yale. I'm sure he's going to be supporting me. Um, mm-hmm. Hisham, uh, Hisham Bahana, he's, he came to Cardiff recently and uh, he, gave me a, yeah. he gave me a little pre fight present and he's, he's <laughs> hoping I'm going to win to enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, and Firas Fires, you got to mention Firas, complete the unit. <laughs> he's uh, he's London, man, so my boys will be supporting me, I'm sure. I'm for sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah, so always behind you, my brother. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about boxing and football and basketball and everything you've been doing in Wales. One last shout-out, man. My boy in Cardiff with me, Myresh Wagmare, um, absolute legend. You know, he, he trains sure. with me in the gym. Um, he eats as well as I do. He's a constant motivation man, and uh, yeah, he, he's as hard working as I am, and he, he keeps me on my, on my toes. So he's been tr- he's been training hard too. So shout out to him. But yeah, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I appreciate sure. it. Always going to be supporting cool. you. Absolutely, I know you are, man. I know you yeah, are. Glad we could do this. We're Legend. gonna get it out and uh, put it out to all of your fans around the world. And yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going for our boyfriend. <laughs> but yeah, no, thank you so much, man. It's been a it's been a pleasure and an honor. And I always listening into you when I can. Um, mm-hmm. Great show, man. Great show.